to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. You are watching Arlem TV Live Florida. Happy New Year, everybody. This is the year we go from glory to glory. Amen. New Year's feels like forever ago, doesn't it? It's like, how many glories have we gone up since it turned a brand new year? And here we are. Is this, this is not still day one, is it? No. This is the second, this is the second. day of 2024. <laughs> the 2000th <laughs> year since then. <laughs> yeah. And we're flying pretty high. Feels good. Feels like new beginnings. Woke up this morning and it was just this fresh glory. Felt like a new season. We're excited to go deeper into God. This year, I hope all of you can dedicate your hearts to consecration. As I was studying today, the Lord showed me the connection of the heart, the soul, right here, the blood of the heart and the blood covenant that you have made with Jesus Christ. And your heart strings, they have to connect to Christ and His glory in your stomachs. So you're never going to find Jacob's ladder, the Sephirah, the stairway between heaven and earth. You're really Jesus Christ. You'll never find Jesus Christ. Most Christians don't really find him. They just got some knowledge about him. But finding him is altogether different. When you begin to find and discover the glory of him in your own spirit, okay, which is in your stomach, that's when the path opens. That's when the Sephirot, Jacob's ladder, the sapphire stones within you begin to be realized. That's the realization of the glory. So it's not just the realization of light. It's the realization of the path of righteousness that shines ever brighter to the full dawn of day of Proverbs. It is the path of wisdom. Proverbs 9, wisdom builds her seven pillars. Well, the seven pillars of Messiah are already built. Pre-assembled, pre-built, finished, perfected. The issue is now they need to be formed in you. That's your walk and that's your path. That requires tremendous sanctification, rare sanctification, a person that is wholly committed to changing and there's nothing religious about it. It is the most freeing, wonderful feeling you can ever experience in life. And this is the path of Jesus Christ, the way of the Lord, being a true disciple and a true Christian, which all of you, God the Father desires. He desires that all of you become true disciples of his glory and the path of his glory and that you understand that path so that you can teach it to others. And your teaching to others will often, for the first several years, just be the fruitfulness on your tree. People say, man, you're different. You have so much peace all the time. The world doesn't bother you. You don't say the Lord's name in vain when you stub your toe. You're patient. You're kind. You're generous. You're so loving. Well, you got Jesus on the inside. He's all of these things. He's holy God. He's also going to rebuke and correct and chastise. And sometimes he does have outbursts of anger towards sin and demons and darkness. Oh, yeah. 
and you just I can't even count how many times God has been mad at me at different times. It's not the end of the world unless it is the end of your world. It just depends on how you respond. And it's, you know, God, it, you can't limit God's emotions, right? God created you. You didn't create God. You can't come and say, oh, God's not allowed to cry. God's not allowed to be angry. God's not allowed to be that happy. He's got a full range of emotions. He's allowed to feel whichever ones he's going to feel. I mean, he's God. He rules the universe, not you. <laughs> he's the one who's in charge. So you better believe we need to revolve around his emotions and not try to conform God to our emotions. Does that make sense? Does anyone get that? Well, it's interesting because every time you see God's anger in Scripture, it always is for the ending of delusion. And it, this is an apostolic doctrine, guys. This isn't just... Wow, they just opened up something in Old the Testament. This isn't Old Testament only. New Testament, the apostles are talking about the anger of God remaining on a person. The reason for God's anger, like it says in the New Testament, is always to end delusion. There is purpose behind it. It's not just the insanity of human anger. That's altogether pride and madness. Just right. Throw God's that in the anger lake of fire. is not like your anger. That's where people get <laughs> they mess up because they try to treat God's anger like mankind's anger. You can't just appease God's anger with like human like solutions. The guys like yell at their wives and say God's angry. No, no, you're demon possessed full of pride. And then she tries to wash the dishes or fold the laundry or something <laughs> stupid stop. like that Just to try and pacify stop. his anger. <laughs> God's not like that. You know, uh, first of all, I think, you know, if I'm you know trying to remember instances, it's hard to remember them now. I know that it's happened, but my memory of sin is just really getting obliterated in the 10th world. So, you know, uh, one of our friends that's a seer recently said that he was he was standing in a court case somewhere and like my spirit was busy. I was too like not I couldn't be bothered to even show up and just like project parts of my souls there. Like it's like the projection where you can just my souls are basically my souls were just projecting there like a hologram that I couldn't even be bothered to show up because I was busy, you know, doing important things with Jesus and that anytime I was questioned by the accuser, literally my souls didn't even know what they were talking about. And when the angels checked, there was no DNA match. And so Sierra was like a witness at the court case. But I was like, yeah, we're, just, we're too busy working with Jesus on what he wants us to do to even be bothered to show up because the DNA does not match. This is a new creation. Whatever memories they're trying to pull up is some kind of reality. Look at the timelines. They don't even exist. You know, so that's the reality you want to step into. That's what we want you to step into is put to death that thing that can be accused because that's not your destiny. That's not your identity. So take the identity out of the animal nature, put it to death. That's your cross, which is the sephirot is the cross. I don't want to hear anybody, well, on the cross, blah, 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 well, did you die, blah, blah, blah. The cross is the sephirot. It was the that's the above cross corresponding to the below cross. He was crucified in absolute. And the Golgotha, the place of the skull, we've talked about that. There's also some Jewish scribes that talk about its relation to Keter as well. So you're dealing with Da'at and Keter. So he was crucified in all those ways. Crown of thorns, his hands, his feet. Yeah, he was suspended up into the air. 
but the stake that he was crucified on went deep into the earth. And archaeologists, when they uh, unearthed that area called Golgotha, which is not the traditional crucifixion site where they take you on tours in Jerusalem, it's a different site. But we've done archaeological digs, and they found that there was, that's where Jeremiah, that's where he put the Ark of the Covenant about 500 B.C. when uh, Israel went into captivity, captivity to Babylon. But what was interesting is how it went down right, and that represents the center of the earth. That means the cross, or the cosmic tree of life, goes right down into the center of the earth. So we're trying to get you out of that center of the earth part where the ark is and the blood is, and that blood represents your heart attaching to Shekinah because Jesus Christ is the king of Shekinah. So to see how your heart goes right into the ark of the fulfillment of the mercy seat of the blood of the lamb that was crucified Messiah 2,000 years ago and how that shoots up your inner man through that same exact cross all the way into the heavens, that will be your rocket fuel. If you can get a vision from coming out of the roots of the tree of life, which is the roots of David, the least will be as David. What is David? Consumed with the Father's house. It is written, the least in these days will be as David. David had more zeal to build God's house than his own. If you have zeal for your own house more than God's house, you're disqualified from even entry-level David disciple, which is the least of the kingdom age. So you haven't yet actually entered the kingdom. You must have father's house first. That's King David's standard. That's entry level according to the Bible. Then as you have zeal for the house, the Bible the Bible says that people went and told him, we're going to build your house for you. Understand that's how it actually works. That's not how it works in Babylon. Babylon works by killing, stealing, and destroying and being a witch with money. But in the kingdom, it is serving the Father so that the angels go and take territory through your obedience and holiness to the Father in the heavenly realms. Therefore, they can legally transfer it to you. And then your house is built for you if you build the Father's house. And that's the original design of how the New Testament is meant to work. Amen. The least of these, like David. So there's going to be Malkut, which is humility. Uh, fully circumcised. Now he had the gl- he had the glory. He understood the glory. He makes references to Shekinah. He wrote the Psalms of ascent. And so when you're talking about Malkut Shekinah, you're going to be talking about your earthen vessel standing on the moon. The very least of you know this group that's going to be ascending in this transition time is standing on the moon. Right. He understood he had received the glory like he had been around the glory he touched the glory the shekinah he had an experience with god he had a glory experience with god it wasn't just a feel he wasn't just like a theologian although he you could probably call him a theologian he was very intelligent he had a lot of gloriology yeah he was a gloriologist he was a gloriologist didn't even have to lick rocks, but he probably licked the honey that came from the supernal rock. And if you've seen those pictures we uploaded, that is the truth. Anyhow, that's where the glory honey drops come down from, or from the sapphire stones. I remember my first drop. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah, there's nothing like that first drop of glory. Yeah, morning star drip drops by drip. dripping on your heads. And uh, I watched a, a video. It was like a soaking video. I had never experienced the glory. No one told me there was a glory. I heard it 
glory, glory, hallelujah in a song or something. You know, it's in the Bible. They just say glory. It's like, you know, you don't really know. <laughs> How many times, I wonder, we talk about <laughs> supernal realms. And I know you don't really know because you haven't experienced it. But first, it comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And then you're going to step into it and experience it. And then you're like, oh, that's what it is. And, oh, man, that drop. And I just waited and sat. And I was adoring the Lord. And the song was so glorious. It's like a soaking music by someone who had experienced the glory. And this drop came down and I saw it. And I didn't really understand that I was a seer. But somehow I just saw it. I didn't think about things like that. Just a sweet golden drop. Like honey. It was sweet. I could taste it. Like like oil it was soothing it was healing it was wonderful it was full of joy i felt even more patient than ever and it was just so full of all that goodness and that sweetness and i had never experienced the glory before i'd experienced tongues you know where the someone comes around and said fire my body lit on fire i saw golden light you know i had it felt like from the inside on the outside the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit with tongues is not the glory. Mm-mm. and uh, But the glory is amazing. I remember my first <laughs> drop that came down from that. I didn't know it was coming down from the sapphire stones, the sephirot of the Holy Kabbalah, literally Jacob's ladder. The sapphire stones, which are the written word of God in the heavens. And that's what it corresponds to. The tablets that came down correspond to what's written above. Otherwise, you couldn't have your Bible unless it was written in the heavens. It has to be, you know, anything that's down here, it's going to have something corresponding above. Anything that's wicked down here, it's only because there's something wicked in the second heavens above. So when that's wiped out, there's not going to be any more room for uh, wickedness in the earth. Mm -hmm. That's above, so below. Amen. That's why, you know, people say that because they're like, you know, they know how things work, but it's about to change. Because the sons of God are getting into righteousness, ruthless righteousness, red righteousness Mm. to devour not just Johnny's and Jambres like Moses, but the lamb who devours the sorcery of Balaam's red magic, which is really exciting. That perfected middle pillar, only Jesus Christ could do that. Mm. He was perfect. But that first drop of glory, if you've never experienced the glory, I want you to start praying uh, to receive the glory, Father, please let me receive a drop of that golden glory, that honey oil, just that one drop of nourishment. Oh, it'll change your life. Maybe if you don't know if you've experienced the glory or not, maybe you've been around glory people, but you didn't really get it yet. You're going to get it. Yeah, the angels carry it on their wings. They want to minister <laughs> glory to you. John twelve twenty six. Oh, yes. Wherever I am in heaven's glory. This is Jesus Christ in the red letters. John twelve twenty six. I love reading all the passages about God's yes. glory in the gospel of John because John walked in great glory. This is a wild stuff. Wherever I am in heaven's glory, there Will my servant be also? <laughs> so uh, where are you? What are you doing? Um, I am 
with Jesus in his glory because the Bible says so in John 12, 26. Now the next declaration oh. is wild. So Jesus says, all his servants will be with me in heaven's glory. A servant of Jesus is in heaven's glory. John 12, 26, Amplify. In John 12, 27, he said, Father, put your glory on display. So when a servant is in the glory of Christ, the glory is the display of the Father. Showcasing that glory. Check out these drops. They're like planetary-sized sapphire stones completely saturated with honey. It's a little more than a drop. But I remember that first drop, and that'll get you... You just you'll be obsessed with glory now in that obsession remember that you're meant to be a holy ghost possession amen that we get obsessed with the source and not just the substance that is what separates the sheep from the goats he let the goats come around and check out the glory they'll like the glory all the goats love the glory you know that or the demons love the glory uh-huh. They miss the glory. They don't they don't get to live in the glory anymore. So they want to steal glory from anointed people walking in the glory. But that day and time is over. It's done. Check. And they are getting kicked out. And all ability to steal glory or to misuse glory is being eradicated from the face of the earth and under the earth and over the earth in the heavens which is wonderful if you are a servant of God what was that verse we just read about the servant of God being with the Lord in the glory I felt the Holy Ghost highlight there was a servant oh yes servant and it seems that the Holy Ghost is highlighting very clearly right now that it's the servant those who serve his will so we can call ourselves Christian, but unless you are serving his will and not your will. In the glory, in heaven's glory, my servants will dwell. John twelve twenty six. So when there is self-serving and using the glory for self, there are consequences to that. And it means you're not going to be in the glory with the Lord. Right when the when the the Darnell harvest is coming, it's thick tonight. It really feels like just a fresh, incredibly glory. joyful glory tonight. <laughs> it's a fresh glory. Angels, please minister this fresh, joyful glory into everyone's hearts. It's that star drop, double portion star drop coming down. Mm. Yeah, you want to see to be refreshed and energized for this new year um the past is gone you can't change it you can make improvements for your future by walking into the glory hearing the word getting consecrated by the word and saying yes i believe god can produce his glory through my heart the issue is the heart strings have to learn how to connect to jesus in the spiritual stomach if there isn't a connection there with the blood of your heart there will never be a transfer into the mind and so ultimately, we want the glory to come from the spirit through the heart into the brain. Because once you get your brain renewed, honestly, you go on autopilot. Bob Jones would say, 
quite frequently. Once you get to 17% of glory in your brain, you go on autopilot. So until the glory really takes over your mind, it's hard for people. Why? Because you're in a carnal mind that wars against the Holy Spirit, Romans 8 says. So we're getting over our own mind that completely opposes everything of God's glory. The enemy will try to pull you in every direction, but when your soul is anchored into the glory, it becomes so easy. Why? Because you don't want to do anything else with your life. And you have a knowledge of the glory, and you begin to operate in the waters of the glory. Now you're sailing the sapphire sea, which is the glory water. What is sapphire sea? What are sapphire stones? Conduits of God's living water glory. So you're going from glory to glory by sailing, understanding how the glory flows from his throne and your mind's renewed to it, but it comes from below your mind and the mind is backwards because it thinks above the glory. Pride is thinking above God. You need more humility. You need to bring your thinking down into God's humility, which is down into the water. You got to go down into the water to have the knowledge of the water of the glory of God. And then it what covers, covers you. That is a baptism that is a requirement in order to step on the moon. I believe all of you that are serious this year, and you're going to actually begin to really obey with all your heart and impress your angels because your angels are ultimately the judge of your maturity when you're young infants in Christ, and they bring report to the Father, opening up the doors in the heavenlies. And you have to impress your angels. We say we don't want to be a man pleaser, but you do need to be an angel pleaser because they bring the report of your status to God the Father. That's how it works. So you need to be angel pleasers. Amen. Everyone knows in their their brother, we're not to be man pleasers, but not very many understand you got to please your angels. Your guardian angels are giving report to watch your angels. Watch your angels are giving report to God's very throne in heaven. And if the report is good, this person is getting sanctified. They're serious. They're being obedient. And it's all about the attitude of your heart, the thoughts of your heart, and also the actions of your body. That is so good. The actions of your body cannot be overemphasized. What you do in the flesh determines every single rank and rung of Jacob's ladder from here for eternity. That's why Revelation 22 says all rewards are merited. This is something not taught enough in Christ. We got all this unmerited grace, which we need for salvation Obviously, we've established that for thousands of years. How many people have gone into actually the maturity of what the Bible says about the rewards that are only merited? Five, maybe not even that. Nobody. Nobody's talking about this. It's all just greasy grace everywhere. But we need to get into rewards because it's these rewards that take out the enemy you are rewarded according to what you do in the flesh the next degree of glory it's obviously a greater grace empowering in your spirit to go to that level but you did something differently you changed your attitude you changed your mind you weren't so self-righteous and judgmental towards the unknown you took down the walls of your heart so we don't listen to the word kabbalah in my house or we don't we, you don't know anything about it 
Right. It, it's like you begin God to become teachable like little children to enter the kingdom fresh and anew. Most of what you've known during church age Christianity has been Satan anyhow. It's been mostly the occult. So to come out of Christian occultism and then to be judging the apostles of the kingdom that are pioneering sapphire stones and say it's sorcery and it's demonic Kabbalah, it's just pure ignorance and it's borderline blasphemy. And if they continue to do it, of course, they'll blaspheme the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to open up this door and this ladder, this stairway for all of you to rise, but it's going to take great repentance of your religious Christianity. Right. Can you imagine saying no to the living God who created the heavens and all the universe and created you and created everyone? And just can you imagine saying no to him, like the audacity of the clay pot saying no to the master of the universe over how they dislike or feel irritated by like one word of an English language because you heard from some demon about it? Can you imagine the audacity? That's not going to hold up, you know, when if you may barely make it to heaven with fire insurance and you're trying, there's just no excuse. That's not going to hold up. No, it is important to test the word. We're not saying just receive everything and no, don't test it. The issue is when it is tested, tried and proven to be Yarevav, a Messiah, King of glory, and then you say no, no other form of salvation remains for you. You have made yourselves the enemies of the word of God. Right. And that's what that's what's happened now with the Holy Kabbalah. It's been tested and tried and proven. I mean, all the holy archangels, how many holy archangels, archangels have showed up on this? You know, seers, prophets, confirmations, the living word of God, even seeing the father face to face, even seeing Jesus, you know, even seeing the father's back like Moses. And seeing the Kabbalah, the Sephirot themselves in the heavenlies multiple times, out-of-body experiences, interactive live full-color visions with the Holy Ghost at my right hand, the faceless man of fire, showing me the sons of God's inheritances. You know, and so it's just like, here's the thing. If people aren't hearing from God, that's a problem in your life. And a lot of times when people end up in Christian witchcraft, it's because when they go to pray, Usually people wait. They don't really have a prayer life until they have a crisis. So when you wait to have a prayer life until you have a crisis, and that's what most Christians do. They don't really pray. They just like bless the food, the chicken nuggets, and the sauce. I'm about to dip it in. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless my Starbucks. Bless my Chick-fil-A drive through and my Sunday a.m. service. And try to make good, uh, make good job work money, bring home bacon, amen. And then that's pretty much the substance of it. My wife, where's my wife? Oh, husband, I need husband. I need kids. I need kids. I need money. I need money. And then that's that's not really a prayer life. I hate to break it to you, that's not a prayer life. That's a grocery. That's essentially a grocery list that you're trying to email to God every week. And by the way, I need this, and I need this, and I need this. And I didn't really check to see if you needed anything. Uh, I didn't really open up any of the messages from God. I'm just telling him, but I need this, and I need this. That's not a prayer life. That's you're making grocery lists for someone greater than you, and you haven't opened up their messages yet. God's speaking all the time. But 
we have to receive communication from God. Absolutely. God requires repentance. It is written. Meaning, salvation, if you remember the point where you became interested in Jesus and gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and had a surrendering moment, it was an act of humility that required Him inside you. So he, you allowed Him into your soul because of your desire and your confession and your need and your desperation. Guys, that needs to continue in the soul, that desperation. That's hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and you will be filled, it is written. And if that hunger and thirst is satisfied on other things... Hunger and thirst for Taco Bell. The blood of the heart is given to idols. Literally, you give your blood and your heart to demons. Now, this is what everyone does, especially when they're infants in Christ. They haven't learned how to guard their heart and give it only to Jesus in their spirit. Not this Jesus flying around in the sky that churches lift their hands up to like he's Jesus. With all their chains, the Jezebel's tower and they're earthbound. You know, I mean, no, Jesus in you. The Bible says Jesus Christ in you. The hope that you come out of that external Jesus, which is Satan, into the internal Jesus called the new covenant. And very few have. Right now, you're not dealing with a church that is very God-inside-minded. So mostly you have the worship of the fallen angels in the guise of Jesus everywhere, on mass deception everywhere. In fact, they will probably kick you out of most churches if you're God-inside-minded. They'll say, give God the glory because they don't want the realization of Christ in the flesh. What's the Antichrist? Anyone that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh. His flesh? Yes, and yours, your flesh, any spirit, any mouth, any Christian pastor, so-called prophet, apostle, whatever, that won't acknowledge the Mashiach come in the flesh is an antichrist. They haven't acknowledged the new covenant that your body is the temple of almighty God, not a lesser God. First Corinthians six nineteen the fullness of deity indwelling you in bodily form. And you, there's a mixture there of the human being, but that's why we suffer as Christians because of the glory of having Christ in us and people in religious spirits, which are demons that won't bow and yield to the Messiah inside human flesh. And so what that does is it requires a greater consecration to bring him forth more greatly. And God will come forth much more greatly, but there's a crushing on the outside that everyone goes through when they begin to awaken on the inside, carrying Jesus Christ within them. Right. And so how you respond to the different things happening, like the crushing or the testing or the trials that you go through, it will only harm you if you go into witchcraft. So I want to continue to elaborate a little bit on how the enemy gets Christians into witchcraft. So you can see where the temptation is. No one in their Christian walk is waking up one day, you know, oh, beautiful morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I think I'll get into some witchcraft prayer today. That's not how it happens. Yeah, none of them this really know it it's witchcraft. It's just an externalism. Externalism is the witchcraft. Yeah, so this is how it happens usually in a believer's life. You don't have a real prayer life. This is They first strike usually with lukewarmness. This is a very common in first world countries. Mainly the prayers are going to be about money, spouse, kids. Money, spouse, kids. 
Thank you for Money Spouse Kids. May I please have Money Spouse Kids? I'm having issues, God, with my Money Spouse and Kids. I need more Money Spouse or, and or Kids. I need more spouses, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's what they, you know, all those things. So that's usually the main focus is the, my needs, I'm hungry, I need, I need, I, you know. My flesh hungers and thirsts for money, spouse, and kids. <laughs> and that's how it goes. So true. Burn it up. And, you know, that's the animal nature. If that's your prayer life, that's your animal praying. That's the part that needs to be put to death. Uh, it doesn't mean it's bad to have money, spouse, and kids. It just means if that's all your prayer request is, you're likely on a track to head towards witchcraft prayer. So this is usually how it happens. That's you, you lukewarmness. You're not praying the will of God. You're mainly interested in your survival, food, surviving, money, put food on the table. Kids, problem at work with money, problem, boss, problems, coworkers, problems. Why is that a problem? Because it influences money. At home, home life. Oh, my family, my extended family, my personal family, my friends and their family. Issues with person, like personalities and relationships. That's the family stuff. Right. Spouses, families, friends, potential spouses, cousins, in-laws. In Don't get me started on those prayers. You know, people out here, you know, praying all kinds of stuff. And then uh, kids. I need kids. Why can't we have kids? I don't want to have kids. How many kids do we need to have? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I have a problem with the kids. The kids aren't not behaving. The kids are demon-possessed. You know, their kids are kids. Their kids are mean to our kids. Their kids need to stop doing this thing. The kids over here, blah, 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 blah. So that, that's the, all of that is that animal in the flesh realm. All of that. All of it. Entirely. That's the human uh, wickedness uh, you think are good prayers. You're just trying to get your own needs. You just survive. Basically, you're in survive and reproduce, just like the cows out there, but with slightly more complicated emotions and more complicated problems. That's the human cattle situation. That's why the Illuminati people refer to the population as human cattle, because it's kind of true. But it doesn't mean that you should be like them. It means you need to be in righteousness. So, people who are in high wicked places that consider the general population and consider Christians also to be human cattle is because people bear the images of animals, birds, beasts, reptiles, all kinds of animal images. And they have demonic seer ability, so they can see you bearing those images and acting in that way. That means you're like a lesser life form to them. A real sorcerer will be able to categorize all the different peoples of a city into the correct animal forms that their face images. Right. So the answer is not to just go, well, let's climb the ladder of success, murder everyone on the way up to the CEO level and become, a, you know, a sorcerer. No, that's not the answer. You don't want to be like them, that they're evil. That's already been done. That's already been done too much. You don't need to. I tell you what, it's about imagery the father now. That glory fire will burn the sorcerers to hell. So they have evil heights. Most people, including Christians, are in a low place. It's called the Valley of Decision. You get a little bit higher up. Like if you sacrifice a little bit and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But if you're still under Jezebel's tower, you haven't gotten to the level of standing on the moon. Anyone who overcomes Jezebel is automatically raised up to the moon level. So anyone who thinks they've overcome her 
and they're not standing with Let circumcision on the moon. Let all of you make that moon. your goal this year. Yeah. You can stand on the moon this year. Amen. I hope you do. This is the last year you'd want. You wouldn't want to wait until another year. I'm telling you, you're not gonna want to wait any longer. It's only gonna get worse. Uh, it's just you, this. This is I would say deadline this year. You got to get to the moon this year. I'm sure some people will come later so on. When the but decisions if you've already, arise yeah. in your day-to-day normal lives, and there's decisions, mm-hmm. make the decision for internal ascension for Jesus in you. Say no to the temptation and do the right thing that pleases the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit won't abandon you. He'll take you up. Right. So you, uh, some people are walking in the wrong kind of fear. And it's a demonic fear. It's not the fear of God. You think it's the fear of God? You need to get that out of you. That's from Satan. It's not going to help you. It's only hurting you. We're in that wrong fear. So let's pray about that too. Anyway, so let's 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 show you. We're just pulling back the veil, and I'm kind of in the school of John Paul Jackson, uh, in the cloud of witnesses. He's explaining a lot of stuff to me lately about this, how things work, and seeing him in the heavenlies. It's nice, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on there. But so th- so let's let's take a look at the the prayers. So let's imagine. I don't even have to use your imagination. It's probably a lot of people's reality is praying those kinds of prayers. My family, my food, my kids, my wife, my job. That's where it starts. It's not a bad thing to ask for the things that you need. God knows what you need. You should ask. Why why do people not have? They ask and they don't have it because they ask with the wrong motives. And I'll tell you what happens. They get complacent. When you're only praying your needs and you're not praying the will of God as in you're not caring about what God wants to do, the big picture, what God wants to do in the earth. You're only worried about yourself, your selfish needs, your own family, your own job, your own loved ones, your own friends, only the people who love you. You're only worried about them. You're not worried about anybody else. God's will being done. What God wants to do with the Sephirot, build the kingdom age, build up, you know, the kingdom finances. He wants to do uh, this with RLM TV. The only people who don't know about that are people who have not talked to God about it and received communication from him. So I'm finding more and more that there are a lot of people, they're not actually hearing from God. They pray, but they don't have answered prayers. A lot of people are praying witchcraft prayer. You know, the blockage from hearing is because the heart is on other altars. So what needs to happen, all of you right now, lay hands on your heart and say, Lord Jesus, where I have given my heart to other altars, I ask for forgiveness for these sins, for serving demons. Forgive me. Lay hands on your heart and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you for serving demons with your blood. And let your soul, your heart be restored. And dedicate your heart, your soul, and all of the blood to serving His throne on His altar. And lay hands on your stomach And let that be sealed in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's your commitment to live a life for Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's right. He's talking to you. (laughs) Amen. He's talking to you. I guess you're watching at home. So, okay. Everyone usually starts out in that realm. We start out looking for our own needs. And then God lovingly, he, he wants to take care of you, but he's trying to draw you higher. Like, hey, there's a higher purpose than food, sex, and reproduction and making money. 
and you know, you just having what you want, there's a bigger picture here. The reason why you came to earth, you know, the, the, the judgment upon the fallen angels and the glorification of Jesus, the whole reason Jesus died, you know, and in a very painful and suffering way, why he would come to earth and do all these things. What is this divine, you know, what's this divine romance? What does God really want? Why did he create us? What is he looking for? What satisfaction does he want? What about his desires and his will? And he's perfect, so he actually deserves it. He wants to give you all these nice things too, but you're just kind of ruining it when you're being selfish. You're just ruining the whole thing. And just not understanding, right? Lack of understanding, lack of vision. So that's usually where people start is that whole place. So that's lukewarmness. That is Church of Laodicea. And that is going on big time in the United States, in first world countries. There's so much lukewarmness. Now here is where people get tempted into witchcraft. Because there wasn't anything necessarily wrong with you praying for, you know, I need the money. I gotta feed the kids. That's good. God wants you to provide for your family. He wants you to marry the right spouse. He wants you to have a good life. But here's the thing. You're only concerned about your own self, your own job, your own family, and your own friends who also love you and not the big plan of God. And some people care in measures, but when you're tested, so you might think, yes, I, that sounds good. I want to do what God's doing. But when he comes and tests you, and then when the enemy comes and tempts you, both kingdoms are looking to see, are you really serious? Or are you just fake? And so that's what we want to prove to heaven that we're real about it. And how do we know? So let's say when God asks you to give, that's usually where it starts because mineral level of Malkut is giving finances, tithing into the apostolic ministry. You can't take one step further up the ladder unless you have that covered. You can't destroy idolatry without doing that. The whole spirit world works on DNA. So the issue is, obviously, God loves you. God is love. He's warring for you. He's fighting for you with every word out of his mouth in that daily bread. Here's the issue. When there's a DNA test, where are the angels going to find your DNA? If, if your heart and the substance of your DNA from your heart is in realms it's not supposed to be, there's nothing God can do. You have chosen other gods. What did God do when they chose other gods? Did he just say, oh, no, you're coming with me back into heaven and just take over? No, they all died. So you have to understand how the real world works. Repentance is repentance from other gods where your DNA is. That's why the word is so strict. It's cutting off all those other altars to demons and bringing your DNA. And the angels and the blood of Jesus, the water of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus all work together to get your soul restored if you're serious. But if your DNA is found on other altars and demons say, no, he keeps giving his DNA, the demon will come and say to the angel, I have his DNA. He serves me and he doesn't want to change. That angel can't do anything for you. In fact, the Holy Spirit 
can't do anything for you. That's how it works in reality. And that's why it's so serious. Because once you begin to understand the invisible world running by DNA, that angels and demons are running around with human DNA, you don't want to give your heart to another. That's what it means to guard your heart from it precede the issues of life. What are you Mm -hmm. guarding it from? Every other altar except the altar of Shekinah that's in the human stomach. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. So I hope somebody's going to get that today. You're going to get it. You're going to walk in it. And so let's kind of tie this in. So how does this happen? How did the Christian who was born again, they were full of joy initially. They started out strong. What happened to the seed to choke it out? The cares of the world. What are the cares of the world? The money, the spouse, the kids. The spouse, the kids, the money. Whatever order, whatever appearance, whatever nefesh life things. Now you got a ruah, uncircumcised ruah. If you don't get that thing circumcised, it's going to grow into like a thorn bush, essentially. But that ain't a rose. That's a thorns and thistles bush. It's not a burning bush. It's a complaining bush. It's a laundry list, grocery list. Here are my requests. But here's the thing. When you don't listen to God, when you're not receiving communication, but you're complacent, you don't really care because, well, the money's pretty good. The spouse is pretty good. Not perfect. Definitely not perfect, but pretty good. The kids, meh, well, daycare. Praise God for daycare. Hallelujah, daycare. Church has got a free daycare. Drop them off over there on Sundays. And then, you know, we, got, we can afford, we got enough money to afford good daycare, good nanny, some dis- external discipline, shape up, make, make them shape up, you know, we'll train them to be quiet. Ship, ship. I'm going to get them to shut up for a minute. And uh, so it's going pretty good. You know, we make them read the Bible as punishment, right? Because we hate them. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Got to make it fun. That's the key to raising children in the glory. No video games are fun in my house. We only punish them with the Bible. This is something Charlie Robinson taught for decades, and it's (laughs) how you have to be. He's like, if you want to raise godly children of the glory realm... Mm -hmm. You have to make the things of God fun. If it's not fun, right. they're going to get embittered. They're going to get enslaved. So make sure you mm-hmm. involve some kind of fun activity when you introduce them into the glory realms. Amen. So you want to have fun with it yourself. And also you'll want to be living in the glory realms. Otherwise, there's no point in raising kids. Or if you're just raising kids, they're not being raised. What are they being raised in? Demonic religion, which is demons. It's hell. It's not God. It's hell. It's hell and you're calling it God. That's it. That's what that is. So it's good to not do that. So what happens is people get pretty complacent. They're like things are going, it's not amazing, but it's good enough. We've got food on the table. we got money in the bank. Spouse, kids, good job could potentially be better. So now let me, if I just work really hard, then I can have my, I can have my man cave. I can have my she shed, get the she shed, get, you know. All the the girl stuff. Whatever. But what happens is they get complacent. Not hearing from God, but I'm praying. I read my Bible ten times a week. I go to the weekly women's group. We fellowship. We go to church. It's a good church. I feel very sorry for my sins every Sunday. Not even that twice a week. Even some people, seven days a week. I pray in tongues every day. But guess what? are complacent. So then what happens is then some trial, some test, or some temptation of the enemy comes, and then there's a crisis. 
And then in the midst of that crisis, because they don't hear from God, and they don't hear from God accurately, the first reaction is to pray, pray, pray out of an emotional response to the crisis. Something happened with the kids. Now someone's dying. Now someone's sick. Now somebody's in the hospital or somebody, you know, something, the car broke down, whatever little low to high crisis level. The emotions are stirred up and now you're praying your will out of your own emotions. That is introductory 101 how to pray witchcraft prayers. Your car broke down or your baby is sick or your husband is in the hospital or your grandma is on her deathbed or whatever it is, something crisis, you lost your job and now you're pray, 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 oh God, you know, or your friend needs a job or they think they would need to get this new job. I just need a better job. This is the job opportunity I need. That's going to pay the money that I need for the blah, 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 blah. Does God really want to give that person that job? Or does he want you to learn the lesson? He's been trying to get you to learn the last several seasons at the same job that doesn't pay well. But there's a specific purpose. You were supposed to learn a lesson like three seasons ago at that job. And he's no, he's not going to give you the better paying job until you change and learn the lesson, the only purpose, you're at a job. Every job, when people change jobs, right? there are seasons, some of you, God will have you go through various jobs. It's Yes, He's want, he wants you to pay your bills and to provide a nice life for you. Yes, but what's more important than that? At each and every one of those jobs, if you're going to have different jobs, every single one, there is a set of skills, uh, behavior and attitude changes that have to happen and tests that you have to pass. Your angels with you every day are waiting to see all of those boxes checked that you've successfully accomplished God's will for your life for you to change at that place before you're allowed to go on to the next thing. That's it. Surprise. Wow. It's like, well, I just got a blah, blah, blah. And you're just grinding. You're grinding your brain into sand and dust. For no reason. Worst thing you could do is make excuses. <laughs> a lot of people, they get into the self-defense and self-justification against the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not the accuser. He's he's the developer. So the Holy Spirit's trying to develop Jesus in you. He's trying to develop the nature of God in you as you walk through this world. Okay? So if you don't have the development of the person of Messiah in you, you just wander around the mountain, which means you don't go up. Right. It's not because you didn't buy a nice suit and tie for work. It's not because you missed getting your hair done. It's not because you have, you're just so persecuted by your boss at work. Uh, trust me, I've been through this. I have worked with, for bosses. I would say probably 98% of you watching could not stand. I watched grown men, even some who were military, leave crying. Tears, crying, because they couldn't handle the pressure. Okay? And that's not to say it was so good. That was just where God wanted me to be. He asked me to go to very specific jobs that in multiple situations, I was told nobody else would have stayed and done that work. The only reason I stayed and did that work or went through that test was because I knew because 100%. you have to have an attitude. You're working for God, yep. not man. I knew 110%, like beyond knowing, because it's beyond knowing, beyond flesh knowing, 
that that is exactly where God brought me. And I said, if God brought me here, I'm not going to walk away from it until it's time. Because obviously, something's got to happen before I can go to the next one. That's called Holy Ghost stubbornness. That's the kind you want. <laughs> or you're stubborn and staying in God's will. It don't matter how and hard I did, it gets. I ain't yeah. moving and budging until the Holy Ghost moves me. And there was even there were some jobs. I remember one job I did cry. I did. I it broke me. There were some things that broke something in me but at the, at the end of the day i realized it's not that big of a deal so what my boss over at this one place you know persecuted so what somebody you know stole credit for blah 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 or whatever they were mean they were blah 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 i changed actually i put to death that old person that old person doesn't even exist anymore i can't even remember th being able to think like that anymore it literally doesn't exist. In my mind, there's no pain. The memories are glorified. As in, I'm so grateful and so thankful for every one of those difficult situations I ever went through because it formed Christ in me. And now there's no pain there. There's no sorrow there. I'm so glad that I stayed where I was supposed to be until I was transformed into who I was meant to be. And that's the work that God wants to do in you. So if you stay where you're supposed to be and you listen and don't just look at the outside and judge by what you're seeing and hearing out here, hear from God, listen to him, persist in prayer. No matter where you're at in your life and your walk with God, you should be having prayers answered. You should be praying and receiving and listening and hearing and then knowing what God's will is. Because it says in the word of God that we need to know and work out what we need to find out what God's will is. And what he wants. And then do it. And do it with a good attitude. Which is a joyful attitude. So that's actually a requirement. It's actually not okay for you just to pray what you've learned from the apostles. We should pray like this. Uh, this is what I read in the Bible that God wants. That's not even acceptable. You have to pray and hear god that's kingdom age oh yeah relationship not just copy and paste how brandon how would you like it if our entire relationship was only me talking to you and me never listening to one word you ever said would that work out very well headphones <laughs> noise cancellation <laughs> well god has a pair of those i guarantee it but <laughs> it's a two-way street buckwheat Yep, so until you open up a few of those emails from God, don't expect to reply. But he is always, here's the thing, God's not like humans. He's always communicating. We just have to tune in and listen. God's wonderful. I'll just tell you, he's the happiest, most wonderful, enjoyable person to be around. In fact, he's not far from you, the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you just need to say, Ever come Holy Spirit. And really just talk to him, you know. The Holy Spirit wanted me to know him so much after I got saved in 99. He said, read Psalms. And every time it says, Lord, that's me. That's what God said to me. Why? Second Corinthians 3.18 says, the Spirit is the Lord. So if the Holy Spirit's the only part of the Trinity that we have on earth, according to the Bible, we need to know the Holy Spirit to save our souls. And there's no salvation except in the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, John 14, I'm going to send another Savior. Okay, the paraclete, the Holy Ghost, one called alongside to help. Meaning your current relationship to the Holy Ghost is a measurable by angels amount of salvation. 
the angels can measure the amount of salvation in every believer in the whole world. They can, and that's a good thing. We want that measurement to increase. It's the measurement that you know the Holy Spirit while in the body. Amen. He's within you. If you're born-again believer filled with the Spirit, He is within you. And if it's not Him in there, we want to get that other God out of there and Christ in you. Well, let's say, well, why can't I just have the Holy Spirit deal with all that junk? Because you don't listen to Him. That's why. You need someone in the natural dimension with a mouth, a human being, that has the Holy Spirit breakthrough in them to voice it to you because you're hardened in that area and can't hear God in that area. That's why he sends pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, apostles, and prophets. An apostle means a special messenger. That means there's an area in the people group soul where they can't hear that message from God. God is speaking from heaven. The Bible right. says the heavens pour forth speech, but we're on earth. We have temples on earth, but our soul is resurrected in heavens. So we take that heavenly speech and transfer it into the earth so that people can hear what heaven is saying. Yeah, I remember irritating one of, um, there was one girl who was very uh, irritated when I just kind of pushed the button a little bit and, you know, just kind of poked, we prod at the little irritation area just to see, you know, well, I said, well, what did the spirit say to you? And she said it triggered the d the demonic, the false Holy Spirit. And she said something, well, the spirit told me and then da, 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 and starts yeah, to manifest. It came with bad fruit. You know, defensive tone. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a false Holy Spirit. Possessed. Well, the best part about this is, is she doesn't exist anymore. And the new creature that came out of that woman is now climbing the Sephiroth. Oh, that was you. No, it was someone else. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> we'll talk about you some other time. Right now we're talking about this other girl. Yeah, it's somebody Demon else. Demon possessed, lost person, it, but now she's repented and she's climbing Jacob's ladder. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I remember the offense was there. And because there was humility and I said, you know, kind of called out the other spirit. And there was some humility and a willingness to receive correction, even though it was irritating. And so that makes the difference between someone who's going to climb Jacob's ladder. So can you imagine being defensive and irritated? And that, well, I heard from the Holy Spirit, but that wasn't the Holy Spirit. That means you were hearing from a demon. And this is most people. So most of you watching this, you're going to have those experiences. So if what you think is the Holy Spirit is a demon that you're hearing from, and that's that a lot of so a lot common, of people. so common. That's called bewitchment. Because it's not God, whether it's in you or around you. Uh, if you're if coming it's a out demon, of Christianity, you need to test everything you've heard, every prophecy. Right. I mean, literally, like all the voices in your head, all of it. Put it on the fire of yeah. the glory of God inside mindedness. I mean, I've, I've dealt with so many charismatic Christians and just touching their stomach, they go into demonic rage. And these are all like successful glory stream people, meaning... There is a reset of everything you think Christianity is into the kingdom 
of Jesus, which is the sephirot of sapphire stones that emanate all the Shekinah of God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. If that stuff causes offense, be certain you're just involved in the clippeth clippething, and God can just burn it out of you. A baptism of fire from the sapphire stones, like in Isaiah chapter 6, the seraphim coming and touching his mouth with a sapphire stone, drove all kinds of hell out of Isaiah. He was a yeah. different creature afterwards, and so yeah. will you be. Amen. Yeah, when you walk in the heights of the Sephirot, uh, like right now, my my personality, my thoughts, uh, my responses, the way I think, the way I, you know, the way I live, the way I think in my heart, and then, you know, how I speak, uh, the speaking, you know, it's catching up, but I think holy thoughts. I can't relate to sin. It doesn't make sense to me. All those, you know, kind of nefesh reactions or negative reactions, like what we talked about, you know, we talk about, you know, the past, like that girl, she killed that part of her. And she doesn't talk like that at all. She doesn't think like that. Nice job. Yeah, thanks. I'm gonna get, we are getting decent, pretty decent at killing Good animals. Good job. <laughs> Good job. You woke up today. <laughs> Gold star. And you the, killed a demonic part of you. I mean, seriously. Good yeah. job. You know, all those old places. So like literally uh, this, I know I'm a new creature. And when I, you know, if I hear stories of, you know, anything past behavior or any kind of reminiscent, I know that's not me. I know that's someone else who died that was the intruder of sin. And it's so refreshing because I just, I can't think like that. I don't think like that. I don't identify with that. Uh, my thoughts are holy and righteous. I think about the Lord constantly. I'm always interacting with him. We're always talking to each other. I'm listening to him. I'm watching him. He is watching me. His eye is on me. Yeah, I can I, I think, can attest. Uh, she has a very, very close relationship with the Lord <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's astonishing. Okay, so, yeah. There's so many fun things. Uh, and I feel his love for others. Like, when I, when we're working, you know, we're working together over here in a sub, basically the size of a submarine for the last three months. We're in a sardine can down here, guys. So if the love wasn't real, we would have found out by now. But it is real love. And, <laughs> you know, I feel the love of the Lord for Brandon when I see him. Like, I'll just start having these thoughts about his destiny, his future glorification. I sure make it easy for you, though. That is true. You did repent a lot up really high into the eighth world. <laughs> it helps when you're a creature of Adam Cadmon. That's higher than the angel realms. <laughs> Oh, man, it's fun messing with people. Yeah. So a little lower than the angels for a time. You know, most of the angels are in Yetzira. You're in Adam Kadmon. So yeah, that's... Or overall th the angels. Yeah. So not lower than the angels anymore. That's actually a higher rank in Melchizedek, the order of Melchizedek. Truth anyhow. Yeah, there's very few, you know, there's... I don't know what you call them, angels or high angels or angelic like creatures. Paul, humor me when I boast a little, but I know a man in Christ who's over all the angels. <laughs> It's just, it's nice to have holy thoughts. It's nice to think well of people. And this is something that I was talking with the Lord the last couple of weeks about. And we were, uh, so I was sharing this with Brandon this week that this is something that the Lord imparted to me is when you love others, whether they've sinned or not, care for them and love them as if you were the one who created them. And that just changed my whole mindset about loving others Picking back up, picking them back up in the spirit after their mistakes or after their fall. I just do start over. Yeah, start over. 
Stardew <laughs> over. We gotta recreate this one. Stardew over. <laughs> we got any more clay? You got any more clay? And uh, when you just think about that, like loving people as if you were the one who made them, you really want it to work out the best for them as possible in the best way. And isn't there something we can do for them? You know, isn't there some way to fix this without hurting them or without letting them hurt other people? And especially without letting them hurt other people sometimes. It is like, let's just put this one in a little box, little bin, put a fence around them so they don't kill the other ones over here. And then that'll work out. And then, then we can, then you can go free over here. <laughs> just don't kill Joseph. Don't kill Benjamin. And, uh, you know, things like that. But it's this, it's wonderful when you see, I'm starting to remember uh, memories from, you know, outside of heaven or outside of, in heaven, outside of time before we came to earth from heaven. And getting back some of those and just going into visions and uh, trances. And, you know, this is wonderful. I do want to, I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we go into that glorious heavenly part that I love so much, this is also glorious. Um, but since we're talking about heaven, I've been experiencing John Paul Jackson a lot. Which, by the way, in the blooper reels I was watching of him, I saw him doing a dance move. Two different dance moves. One of them was one that Brandon does in the spirit. Like, that's like... Yeah, he got it from me. I believe it. Yeah, it was like... I was like... It was a very specific dance move in the same exact way. And I was like, this is a heavenly thing. It's an anointing. It's, it's a, an anointing. It's a, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. Like you, and then another one, it was one that I do. And He's doing the prancing pony. So he did He did a dance move that I do, and he did, did a dance move that Brandon's very specific moves exactly, like the same way. And I'm just like, are we related? I think so. By blood, right? Man, yeah, I love the wild Holy Spirit dancing. It's so fun. It's so anointed when you dance, too. It's like even just one dance. It's beyond joy. The, the grace is so strong. Like it makes me so happy, too. Frolicking in the heavens. Yeah, I always joke around. It's like, oh, there's just so much favor with me whenever you dance. <laughs> like The favor is like 110% times what it normally might even be. It's one of my mightiest weapons. So I uh, just wanted to touch on this since we're talking about John Paul. He had a commentary on, you know, kind of like how Saul mishandled things. And when you talked about today, you know, the least of them will be like, David, that means you're not going to make Saul's mistake. Right? We've learned in the charismatic kind of age that uh, David and Saul both had the same anointing. It's the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, same exact horn. Same exact horn, same oil, same Holy Ghost. It's just how you handle it. So how do you handle the anointing? Right? It's going to be how do you handle the anointed one? How do you handle the sent ones from God? Uh, but this is really fascinating. Okay, so sometimes one word in a language is an entire sentence in another language, but we try to interpret it word for word, leaving the deeper meaning out of the text. And Shema in Hebrew means to hear, but it also means to obey with a joyful attitude. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. That's the Shema prayer. That's what Moses said, Hero Israel, the Shema. It means to hear, to obey with a joyful attitude. So you can do a word study in there uh, with, you know, Samuel to uh, Saul. And, you know, you have Moses to the congregation. That is so good. 
obey with a joyful, joyful attitude. attitude. That's the Shema. Shema. So you could be legalistic and like I've memorized the Shema in the Hebrew. But did you obey him this no, week today no, with a joyful attitude? No that's joyful what he's looking attitude. for. That's the problem. He's like that's the that's a religious demon. So you're to mm. obey. But I'm looking for the joyful attitude. Checking though. for some fruit. I see a lot of basket, but I don't see a lot of fruit. <laughs> okay, I okay, get it. Basket case. Okay, you're to obey with a good attitude. When you hear from God, you're to take action or obey with what you are told with a great attitude. To not do this is equal to divination or rebellion, and as such is equal to witchcraft. This was Saul's original opening to the spirit of witchcraft that eventually led him to the witch of Endor, doing things his own way and losing his destiny. He did not obey the prophet of God, which was equal to not obeying God. That's in the we're in the school of John Paul Jackson with that, and I just want to say thank you for your heavenly cloud witness. It is so incredibly helpful. And, you know, I know Bob Jones wants to stay all humble in the background, but we couldn't do any of this without you. We're so grateful for you, and, you know, we love you, Bob Jones. You are blessed in our thoughts and our hearts and our memory, and we know that you're alive in heaven, and we're looking forward to seeing you in your resurrected new body, and we just hope you're having the best time of your life in heaven, and you're amazing. You know, you've been an amazing... Like a kind of like a father and a grandpa of the glory to us. I know you're super young and beautiful now, like in your twenties, but you know, uh, you're really, you really helped us out so much. You never could have, you know, I never could have done any of this without your, your keys, the mysteries, you know, flying into the sun and the Eagle, it just like unlocked something uh, that in the book of John, you're teaching on cleansing the conscience, conscience, uh, those just this is amazing. So just, we're so grateful for the cloud witnesses in heaven. They they did what God asked them You've to do. You've the best training and teachers of all time. They did it with a pretty good attitude, too. I mean, you got to have a joyful attitude to be dancing. Like, you know, John Paul's dancing, having a good time. And so the heavenly thing. So we're talking about uh, sometime recently on Joel's Bar or on RLM TV Live here, what we talked about uncreated light. Mm. And then a little bit later after the broadcast, we're standing here in the living room, and I decided to start praying and then I start expounding on the uncreated light and so I'm speaking to Brandon I'm speaking to the angels and the angels start kind of gathering around the flutter you know the flutter thing starts happening and then Brandon just kind of sits down and it starts to get heavy and we started talking about we went into uncreated light until it opened up this heavy weighty glory not just primordial created light of the substance of the angels, but the uncreated light of the uncreated one, the master of the universe, God himself, his light. And that substance, as we began to talk about it, the angels are nourished by his light, his pure light. And so Brandon's spirit starting to pop out of his body. And so I kept going a little bit, talking, you know, ministering the light to the witness to the angels and after some time and I see he's sufficiently out of body I decided I'm gonna sit down and enjoy some for myself you know <laughs> yeah, I don't mind if I do take a seat and I just relax in that and I was transported 
back to when we were inside the father before we came to earth inside the guff and you know, I think that was the night we talked about when the Lord showed us the father showed us from his crown his lightning crown how it went down his own internal sephirah and created us in basically his spiritual womb that's the guff that's where all the souls are made and created so you're made of that lightning light substance that came down from the father's crown so powerful to create a spirit man a soul made of light and i saw uh, people so many souls i saw from inside the the inside of the father inside the guff looking out the angels that uh, you can kind of see them out there but it's like it's still kind of concealed but you can see it everything has kind of like a bluish tint to it when you're looking out but there was no reason to wander out it felt so amazing in there and during the throne room worship even outside of the father of the angels worshiping god and all that Quinnan. and then on the inside it was all the souls praising and this lifting the hands up and then the, the there was the colors and the music and the swirls and the, the people just kind of jumping and lifting their hands and dancing just a really wild fun glorious just like that blankety glory so comforting in the father just so perfect in his wraparound love constantly inside of him and I could see even then how there was proximity to the father in varying degrees as people who kind of stayed more toward the outside and those in the middle and those kind of who stayed as close to the father even within the father there was a different degrees of closeness to him I saw somebody that I recognized there and I was like oh my goodness yeah so all these things and then I saw I saw how Lucifer would step inside of the Father for the worship. And he looked like a spirit, but he looked like a tree, and he looked like covered in gemstones. You know, spirit is a tree. I see all men as trees, the man said when Jesus touched his eyes. You know, wrong dimension. Here you go. Look again. Okay, here we go. But every spirit is like a tree. I saw him step in, and his job then was to step into the Father. He's the only angel that was doing this. And all those glorious gemstones would radiate, and it was meant to bring more glory to the Father. Like, but he started to take the glory for himself. And seeing an angel come into the Father was so exciting for everyone inside of the Father, because they're usually, we see them out there. Now he's letting one come in here. This is where we live. This is our... We live inside him. So it's so fun and exciting. Can you imagine? Like, imagine when you when you take kids to a zoo for the first time ever. They just see a different creature, you know? It's exciting. Have you ever seen a kid see a petting zoo for the first time? It doesn't matter what kind of creature it is. It's just like, oh, what is that? You know? It was so exciting because he was so beautiful. He had gemstones. And obviously, if you can come into the Father, it's probably okay, right? And people wanted to be friends with him. They wanted to see him. Like somebody wanted to touch his gemstones. Like, oh, what is that? You know? It's so exciting because when you're caught up in the worship and there's like the swirl of excitement, it's just.
remember uh, one day I see him step inside. And I looked at him. I was, it was a little suspect. And the reason why I looked at him, and I wasn't too sure, and I looked at, the, then I, I was very close to the father, even inside the father. I looked up to the father, to his face, and I looked at how he was looking at Lucifer. And I knew something was not quite right. It was his, the eyes of the father were, he didn't open his mouth and say, he didn't announce uh, what was going on that was unsaid, but he could see the evil that had gripped Satan's heart was, was pride, and he was stealing the glory. And he had no love for his children. The children loved him. They loved everything God made. And so he already started to ruin God's kids. The poison had already kind of started to, you know, the discord, the sound of pride and, take, and stealing the glory. And so already the kids are starting to be effective. They're innocent. They're just little baby spirits. They don't know. They're just some, here comes an angel. So there's reasons why the Father has a plan for salvation of man and not for the fallen angels, right? They knew what they were doing. They, they chose were like that. the adult spirits and the children of Adam that were going to take on flesh in the future were just little tiny children. Yep. Really innocent. Uh, but everyone has a chance to choose what they want as they grow, right? As we grow, we, you know, we have a chance to, you know, come into the earth. You die when you come into the earth. And Jesus, when you be believe in Jesus, you're born again. Everyone needs a savior. You are brought back to life. And you have a chance. Everyone gets a clean slate on the earth. Who are you going to choose to serve? And you don't have... Most of you don't have any memory or most of your memories until after you're saved. Sometimes you'll get them back, some of your memories from before have, uh, before time in heaven. But overall, you just you live life as a human, and then you get to choose which kingdom you want. And that's a fair chance for everybody. Instead of, well, just saying the innocent child-like spirits who were influenced or affected by, you know, Lucifer, he can't just take them into hell with him right away. Right, or the, otherwise he would have taken a lot, uh, a lot more. I believe you know the father has wisdom, and in, uh, in all of this, so he's going to prove the power of love, and that's what's being proven in the earth. Is the power of love, the law of love, not the law of sin and death. But understand that. It's the closeness, the nearness to the Father. And if you just, even if you're not really close to him yet, look to see, look to him. And wherever he is, says, I will guide you with my eye. Look to see where he's looking. What's he looking at? How is he looking at it? And that's going to clue you in. And so, to me, the activity was highly suspect. So I was emotionally distanced from it. So there are some people, some of us in the Father... Uh, that were not affected by what Lucifer brought when he stepped inside of the guff, inside the container of souls, inside the Father. But you are volunteers 
and you agreed to come at a certain time for a reason and a purpose. I know one of the memories that I got back uh, was Brandon and I, along with a group of people, were in a classroom before coming to Earth. There was a training course that we took. And it was in a classroom. It was taught by an, by an angel. And they gave us instructions, and they had like a little TV like the old ones that we used to, that we kind of grew up with. So, so it would be kind of familiar when we got there, you know, this is the time that you're going to be coming into. And when I started to remember and see visions of that classroom, I had prayed in tongues, and I wanted to try and see if I could get the name of what was the classroom called. And so I had prayed in tongues, and I was able to translate it using Google Translate at that time. And it said, Jehovah is Exalted Task Force Class, which is Y-H-V-H, Yare Vavhe is Exalted Task Force Class. So some people came into this earth with a mission and a purpose. All of you came to earth with a purpose. For some people, you had to come to earth to get a restart because you were affected by Satan's lies and his pride. And everyone gets a fair chance. It's a clean slate for everyone. The best spirits of all time that came out of the guff of God are in the earth right now. He saved the best for last. It is absolutely true. I've heard so many prophets, including Bob Jones and many others. Yeah, John Paul Jackson talked about yeah, that too. That, that the best spirits came out of the Father during this time, the time of Joel's army. And so that's you. You're heeding the call, you're answering the call, and now it's time to get the training and the consecration and the ascension and the Remember. understanding of every rung. So we've had the Genesis 28 and the John 1, Jacob's Ladder and Jesus Christ saying, I'm the stairway. Now it's time to understand each and every rung. Enoch 81, study the stone tablets, everyone, sapphire stones, every single rung. We're going to understand from the center of the earth all the way up the entire ladder of ten worlds into the Father and eternity be without end. It'll go on forever. You'll keep growing in glory for eternity of eternities. Amen. Amen. And so it's time to come out from the daily cares, worries, concerns of the Nefesh. So when problems come, I feel fire coming out now. When problems come or trials come or testings come, you're not just going to reactive, emotional praying what you think needs to happen. You're going to seek the counsel and the will of God and the wisdom of God. Don't react and pray right away what you feel. Panic prayer. That's going to lead you into witchcraft prayer. You're going to be at peace. Shalom. Yeah, the whole idea is partnering with the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit fill your mouth as it's written. You don't know how to praise you up, but the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. So let the Spirit brood over you, hatch you. And the Holy Spirit is teaches you how to talk, how to pray, how to study the Word and all things. The Holy Spirit is your Father in Heaven. Amen. And so your day-to-day -day life now, let it change from daily cares about work and destiny, the Babylonian God of destiny, Right, the, it says in the Word of God that people who serve the Babylonian God of destiny are destined to die by the sword. So don't freak out about your destiny and idolize it. Understand your only destiny is to be near to God and to know Him. And out of that place of relationship, 
you're going to do all those things like Brandon said it's going to become more on autopilot it doesn't mean laziness it doesn't mean sloth it just means it's going to come more naturally to you because you'll have Christ nature developed in you that's what that means you'll have a gold mind the more God you have mm-hmm. on you in you and on you the easier your right. life is because it's the life of God you live amen so we want you to remember who you were inside of the father in heaven before you came to earth it says in the word of god that he knew you before he knit you together in your mother's womb he knew you he made you perfect that your true identity is that original spirit creation and you're even going to grow from that it's not just like you're going to work your whole life to attain that you're going to come back to that and then you're going to grow from there and grow as a spirit your spirit's going to grow now so forget about last year and the last couple years whatever happened to you whatever you went through of Christianity and remember who you really are your true identity before we came to earth who are you in the father what did you love about him do you remember how much you loved your brothers and sisters you could never imagine witchcraft prayer in that place so you want to go back to that place back to the beginning before you were born and remember remember him remember who he created you to be do you remember being so excited to get the chance to come to earth to do your father's will because you loved him so much let that part of you awaken that's the awakening you awaken that part of you and that's the part of you that's going to grow the word of god is going to grow in that part of you the rest that's not even really who you are so let your identity come out of that the part that's going to be you know putting to death the nefesh that's not really you remember who you are in christ and it won't even really feel like a sacrifice anymore as you start to remember do this to remember me jesus said you eat his flesh you drink his blood in the word of god in the river of life so you can remember the river in the father but of this he spoke of the holy ghost you know the holy ghost came out of the father's belly like a river you're playing in that river where do you think the waters come outflowing from the throne of the water temple river of life river of fire cosmic temple it's that same pattern throughout creation and so as you remember who you are all that identity is going to be healed restored and you won't have the same hang-ups you won't have the same shake-ups you're going to know the father's will and you're going to pray your father's will our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us
Wow. The whole room looks like a white cloud to me right now. And I can see the father. It's like being inside of him again. Very, very bright in here. As you were talking about the river coming out of the father, it was seen in heaven. We're in heaven in this room, and there was a huge release of the rivers of his glory coming out of him and just washing through this place. Mm -hmm. Let it go through the camera and right into your car, into your house and apartment, right where you are at watching this, and be touched by the glory of the Father in Jesus' name in a major way. Amen. And I believe then he said, and take us not to trial, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of our beloved RLM TV community and honored guests, it is with a heart full of gratitude and excitement that I am before you today to discuss a matter of great importance, one that transcends the boundaries of our individual lives and reaches into the very core of our collective mission as viewers and supporters of RLM TV. Today we come together not only as fans but as stewards of a divine calling, a calling to support the works of ministry and secure a home for our spiritual journey right here in the heart of Florida. As many of you are aware, the ministry we share through RLM TV is not confined to digital screens before us. It extends beyond reaching into the lives of those in need, offering solace to the weary, and spreading the message of love and compassion to all corners of our digital community. It is a ministry fueled by faith, compassion, and a deep-seated commitment to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Our vision is clear, our mission resolute, and the path ahead very promising. Yet to achieve the great heights we envision, we must confront the practical realities that come with the responsibility of sustaining and expanding our ministry through RLM TV. Today I stand before you to speak about the need for us to join hands and hearts in taking up support and offerings, not merely as an obligation, but as an opportunity to invest in the divine work we are collectively undertaking. First and foremost, let us reflect on the significance of supporting RLM TV. Support is not merely a financial transaction. It is a sacred act of obedience, trust, and gratitude. By giving our support, we express our faith in the divine providence that guides and sustains us. It is a way for us to acknowledge the blessings bestowed upon us and to share those blessings with others. When we support, we actively participate in the continuation of God's work through the powerful medium of RLM TV. Now as we consider the expansion of our ministry through RLM TV and the need for a permanent digital home here in Florida, let us view this as an exciting opportunity to sow seeds that will bear fruit for generations to come. Just as a farmer invests in fertile soil to yield a bountiful harvest, we too are called to invest in the digital soil of our community, providing a stable and nurturing environment for the growth of our spiritual family. The acquisition of resources is not a mere transaction. It is an investment in the future of our ministry through RLM TV. It is a commitment to create a space where lives will be transformed, where people will find refuge in times of trouble, and where the light of our shared faith will shine brightly for all to see on the screens that connect us. 
I understand that each of us has unique circumstances and the level of contribution may vary. However, let us remember that it is not the size of the offering that matters most, but the spirit with which it is given. Whether our gift is large or small, let it be a reflection of our dedication to the work of the divine through RLM TV. As we embark on this journey together, let us be inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9.7 May our collective support overflow with joy and purpose. May our contributions be a testament to our commitment to the works of ministry through RLM TV and the establishment of a spiritual home in this beautiful part of God's creation. Together, let us build a legacy that will endure, a legacy that speaks not only of our faith, but of the boundless love that unites us all. Thank you, and may God bless each and every one of you abundantly as we embark on this sacred journey together through RLM TV. Amen.